0: CB Radio Theater presents Suspense. Tonight, CB Radio Theater brings you Always Room at the Top by Eleanor Beeson.
1: Reception? Yes, she is, Miss Thornton. Very well, Miss Thornton. I'll have her come in. Miss Brandt? Yes? Miss Thornton will see you now. Large corner office at the end of the hall.
2: Thank you. Jean Thornton was tall, square, shouldered blonde with high cheekbones and a good figure, and nervous as a cat. More than that, I hadn't been in her office five minutes before I knew she was afraid of something. Her boss. The responsibilities of her job, something. I couldn't understand it. She was the art director of William J. Farrell & Company, one of the best advertising agencies in town. She had everything I wanted, professionally and a couple of other ways, and yet she was afraid. I couldn't understand it. Then.
3: Yes, yes, these are quite good. Quite good, Miss um, Brant, Helen Brant. Ah oh, yes, Miss Brandt, quite good. Um, but, um, cigarette?
2: Thank you. Oh, how cute.
3: Silly thing, Mr. Farrell sent it to me from Mexico. Why would anyone have the patience to sit and down and put together a musical cigarette case? But, as I was saying, uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh yes, uh, oh yes. These are quite good, um, very good layouts, Miss uh, Brandt. I like them, but I just don't quite see how we can use you just now.
2: You said that before, Miss Thornton.
3: Yes, so I did, but.
2: Look, Miss Thornton, I don't need a job. I'm not one of those desperate people that come in to cry on your shoulder. I have a job at Maxfield and Ellis, but they're stupid there. I'm not getting any place. In a firm like this, where people have imagination, you have a chance. That's all I want a chance. So do a lot of other people, Miss Brand. Well, I'm not like a lot of other people. I think I've got ability, and you know it. Commercial ability. I think I could be professional. Yes, yes, well, if there is an opening, we will get in touch with you. You'll get in touch. I know what that means. I've been given the brush off by experts. That will be all, Miss Brand. I'm sick of being brushed off. I've got ability, as much as you have and maybe more. And I'll show you. Miss Brand,
3: will you leave my office or shall I have you thrown out?
2: All right, Miss Thornton, good day. Of course, that would be the last time I ever laid eyes on Jean Thornton. That's what I thought. I went back to my office and worked most of the night, catching up on my own stuff and doing a little extra that I was peddling around town. I was standing on the sidewalk kidding with the night elevator man when I waited for a cab and looking up at that tower, again, in the early morning sky, that dark tower, 36 floors above the street and three blocks up the avenue where the William J. Farrell Agency had their offices and where I'd given my right arm to be working.
4: You'll miss all your beauty sleep working this late, Ms. Brandt.
2: Now, Charlie, who says I need beauty sleep? (laughs) Well, you don't. (laughs) I like to work at night, it's quiet, Think of all the sunrise I see. Look at that sky. Yeah, it's gonna be a great, nice day, I guess. Look! I saw the body falling, and the screen came to us at the same moment. We stood there, frozen, horrified, fascinated.
4: Oh, oh lord, I wish I hadn't seen that. Charlie,
2: that was someone from the Feral Agency.
4: Whoever it was, poor devil. A woman. No, wait, Miss Branch, I wouldn't go up there. Miss Branch.
2: By the time I got there, the patrol car had appeared out of nowhere, the way they will in this town, and the usual crowd of early birds and night owls standing around gawking. They were trying to cover it up with a blanket.
4: All right, stand back. Stand back there.
2: Who is it? Ah, you couldn't tell anyway. Uh, a woman. I wanted to look, but I... I couldn't. A cop was picking up stuff that had rolled out of her handbag into the street, going through it methodically, opening things up, and then I heard it, and I didn't have to look. I knew.
0: We've got to get in there.
1: Oh, please! I tell you I don't know if Mr. Farrell's coming in. I don't know!
0: You wouldn't try to kid the press, would you, sister?
1: Well, I don't know.
0: You might as well tell us because we'll just
1: sit here anyway until. Hey! Hey, there he is!
0: Hey, there he is now! Mr.
1: Farrell,
4: Mr. Farrell, I'm from the news. I'd like to know. Please, please, boys, please! I can't tell you anything right now! Mr.
2: Farrell, I'm Helen Brandt.
4: Mr. Farrell,
1: my paper would like to know if
4: Miss Thornton... Get your foot out of that door. Now, please, please, get out of here, all
1: of you. Get out.
4: I told you I can't talk to any reporters. Now, give me a few minutes.
2: I'm not a reporter, Mr. Farrell. I'm Helen Brandt. I'm art director of a small advertising agency, but I've got some samples here. What? Mr. Farrell, please. Just look at these. You're going to have to have a new art director.
4: What did you say?
2: Sure, you're shocked. But it can't hurt her. And I've been trying to see you for months now. And you're on a spot. And if you just look...
4: Take those things out of my face and get out of here.
2: Just look at them first. That's all I ask.
4: All I ask is that you... Uh, well...
2: And uh, this one for Parker's Shoes? i followed Miss Thornton's general ideas, but I've added... Well, that. Mm-hmm. They're good, Mr. Farrell. And if you say they aren't...
4: All right, all right. They're good. They're very good. But if you think I'd hire a woman who hasn't any more decency than the barge in here at a time like this and try to put Decency? What's
2: decency got to do with it? Do you need an art director or a Sunday school teacher? <laughs>
0: Now, look, Mr. Farrell. Now, if you don't mind, my paper wants to know what Miss Thornton was doing in her office at 5 o'clock this morning.
4: She must have been working all night on the new Parker layouts. They have to be out by. Uh, they have to be out by 3 this afternoon.
0: Working all night. Maybe went to the window for fresh air, tired, got dizzy.
4: Look, Miss Um.
2: Brandt. Helen Brandt.
4: Uh, Miss Brandt, I think you're one of the most despicable. Woman i've had the misfortune to meet but i've got a very big job to get out this afternoon my assistant art director's homesick and by the time i interview
2: thank you mr farrell
4: you can arrange the details of my secretary in there and frankly the less i have to do with you myself the better i'll like it
2: i think you'll change your mind about that mr farrell now
0: mr
1: farrell if you wouldn't mind
0: All right, boys. We know things are tough and you don't want to tell us, but...
1: Yes? Are you, uh... Mr. Farrell's secretary, yes. Oh, well, I'm Helen Brandt. Marie Harris, how do you do? How do you do?
2: I'm taking Miss Thornton's place.
1: Taking Miss Thornton's place? I see.
2: Yes, temporarily.
1: Well, you're not one to let the grass grow under your feet, are you, my dear?
2: Mr. Farrell said I could arrange the details with you.
1: To be sure. I expect you'd better make out one of our regular employment forms.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: Temporarily, you said? Yes. Still, doesn't it feel a bit odd to be filling a dead woman's shoes that are hardly cold, so to speak?
2: I don't see anything odd about it, Miss Harris. Somebody would have to.
1: No, of course you wouldn't.
2: Uh, by previous experience, does it mean just in advertising business?
1: Any experience that might be applicable. It has occurred to you, I suppose, Miss Brandt, that when someone like Miss Thornton is cut off in mid-career, so to speak, there's usually a reason for it.
2: They say it was an accident.
1: An accident, do they?
2: Will this be all right, Miss Harris?
1: Yes, yes, that'll do. Of course, there's always the possibility of suicide i suppose you thought of that i suppose it might have been will you show me to my office please certainly this way you might as well have the dead woman's—that that is miss thornton's office and then of course there is another possibility isn't there
2: what other possibility
1: the possibility of
2: murder murder
1: why yes here's your office miss brandt if you need anything just call me I want to make you as comfortable as possible, under the circumstances.
2: I'd met Marie Harris's type before, jealous of her authority as her boss's secretary, resentful of every newcomer, and determined to make them uncomfortable. So it was only natural for her to resent someone like myself, a total stranger who'd walked into the job of art director for one of the best advertising outfits in town, the William J. Farrell Agency. And even though Mr. Farrell said temporary, I knew that I had the job. I knew it before the first campaign was over, I was in. And then one night, the first of those funny little things began to happen. I was just taking off my hat and coat when I saw it there on my desk. A picture, a big framed picture of the dead girl, Jean Thornton. And written across the face of it, it said, Bill, darling. To the swellest guy and the swellest boss any girl ever had.
1: Admiring your predecessor, Miss Brandt.
2: Where did that come from?
1: I'm sure I haven't the faintest idea. It wasn't there when I left last night. Somebody put it there. Possibly some well-wisher, Miss Brandt. Some sincere well-wisher. As a sort of warning. A warning? Of what? What are you driving at? Miss Thornton and Mr. Farrell were quite close. At one time, they... And what's that got to do with me? You know what happened, Miss Brandt,
2: to Miss Thornton. Look, Marie, are you hinting that female art directors in this office have
1: a habit of falling for the boss and then falling out of the window? I'm not hinting anything, Miss Brandt. You asked me for an explanation of how the picture got there. I've given you one. Doubtless it is far-fetched. Certainly, it must seem so to you.
2: It's crazy.
1: Of course. Will that be all, Miss Brandt?
2: Listen, Marie, let's you and I cut out the formality and let down our hair. Is there anything around here that I, well, ought to know?
1: I'm sure I don't know what you mean, Miss Brandt.
2: All right. The girl who used to have my job is dead. You've been hinting around enough about it. Is there anything that you know that I don't? Now, is that plain enough? Quite.
1: I can only say that I've not hinted at anything. I have, perhaps, engaged in certain idle speculations on matters which are better left as they are. That's
2: all. Okay, Marie. But the way things look now, I'm liable to be around here for quite
1: a while. Oh, I should think it likely. And you and I ought to learn to get along. You'll have no trouble getting along with me, Miss Brandt. But you mean I may with him? I can only say, Miss Brandt, as your sincere friend. And well-wisher? Yes that you're working for a man who's subject to singularly strong enthusiasms. Sometimes these enthusiasms are apt to be carried to extremes. It is essential to appreciate this in dealing with Mr. Farrell.
2: I don't suppose this picture gag would be one of Mr. Farrell's little enthusiasms.
1: Under the circumstances, I should think it most unlikely.
2: And it wouldn't be from one of yours, my little well-wisher?
1: No, Miss Brand. would not
2: you couldn't help but believe her she was so prim and proper but I was determined to have a showdown anyway on the whole thing my job and everything I stalked into Bill Farrell's office with a picture in my hand without the benefit of knocking
4: oh hello Helen come in
2: something that appears to be from your desk seems to have popped up on mine Hmm? here
4: Where'd you get that?
2: I just told you, on my desk. Your ever-tactful Marie has suggested that some well-wisher left it as a warning.
4: Ah, uh, poor Jean. She gave me that win.
2: That explanation still seems to leave several questions unanswered, Mr. Farrell.
4: Look, Helen, you hear a lot of funny things in this office, like any other office. Take my word for it, they don't mean a thing. Just do your job the way you've been doing it, and you'll, uh, you'll be all right.
2: How right is that?
4: You like the job, don't you?
2: I like the work. I haven't got the job.
4: Do you want it?
2: What do you think?
4: Well, you've certainly earned it, Helen.
2: Will you stop beating around the bush? Am I the new art director of the William J. Farrell Agency or not?
4: <laughs> All right, you are. You are hereby officially the new art director of the William J. Farrell Agency. From this day <laughs> forward until...
2: Until what?
4: As long as you want the job, Helen.
2: Until death do us part, is what he started to say. I forgot it, though. I forgot it almost the moment he said it, and for the next 24 hours, I was walking on air. It wasn't just the job. It was something even better. I knew Bill Farrell was falling in love with me. I knew that was just a matter of time, too.
3: <laughs>
1: Morning, Marie. Mr. Farrell in? Not yet, Miss Brandt.
2: I wish you wouldn't be so formal with me, Marie. Everybody calls everybody else by their first names around here except you.
1: I'm used to more conventional methods in most things, Miss Brandt.
2: Okay, okay.
1: Uh, Let me know when he comes in, though, will you? I'll want to see him. Yes, Miss Brandt.
3: Hello, Bill? Darling? <gasps> Do you hear it? Yes, it's that silly little thing you sent me from Mexico. I got it just this morning, darling, and I wanted to tell you how sweet it was.
1: And thank you this way for this. Marie, Marie! Yes, Miss Brandt? Marie, I, I just heard the voice. Whose voice, Miss Brandt?
2: Hers! Jean's! Miss Thornton's!
1: Why don't you lie down on the couch for a moment, Miss Brandt? You've been working too hard lately, and I'll get you some water.
2: No, I tell you I heard it. Right in this room.
1: In this room?
2: Yes. I know it because there was that, that music box, too. That cigarette case of hers. Oh, yes, yes. I remember. So do I. Because the last time I heard it, it was down there when they were picking up her things. There's no
1: one here now, Miss Brandt. No one but you and me. I know, but I heard it. Was she... Was it speaking to you, this voice? No, to
2: Bill, to Mr. Farrell, something personal.
1: Oh, yes, I dare say. Have you ever looked in this closet by the door, Miss Brandt?
2: Mm, Well, not especially, no.
1: I think there's probably a perfectly logical explanation for what you heard, Miss Brandt. Yes, yes, you see? Oh. A dictograph. It used to be Miss Thornton's. They use dictographs for everything in this office. They say it saves them forty thousand dollars a year in stenographic help. I see. Something must have turned it on. Yes, there, you see? This box of pencils that has fallen off the shelf. It must have been that.
2: What turned it off, Marie?
1: I'm sure I don't know. But it's quite simple, isn't it? Here's the switch.
3: Hello, Bill. Darling, do you hear it?
1: Oh stop it! Stop it! Yes, Miss Brandt. Now, get it out of here. Certainly, Miss Brandt. Is there any particular place you- I don't care what you do with it. Do anything you'd like. Throw it up the way- What was that, Miss Brandt? Just get it out of here and leave me alone.
2: It's silly, I know that. It could have happened that way, it must have. Just as Marie said, but all the time in the back of my mind was a lurking horror. A nameless thing that I felt hanging over that office and over me. Something about a girl who was dead. A girl that had plunged to her death from the same dark tower. That was now my dark tower. Plunged screaming to her death only a few short weeks ago. The next night I had to work late again to make up. I'd been out to supper alone. I was conscious of the light still burning in Bill's office when I got back. I wasn't particularly anxious to see him just then to be truthful i was avoiding him i suppose i'd been in my office about an hour and a half when the phone rang i thought it was strange because i was certain i'd asked to have my night line disconnected out of habit i picked it up and answered
3: hello bill (gasps) bill is that you bill
2: Bill, Bill.
4: What, Helen? What is it?
2: Oh, Bill.
4: Helen, darling, here, tell me, baby, baby, what, what is it? That's I happened?
2: heard her again. Heard who, dear? Jean, Jean Thornton. Jean? Yes, on the telephone. I know it was her. I swear it.
4: But, darling, it couldn't have been.
2: Oh, Bill, I think I'm going mad.
4: Oh, Helen, darling, listen to me.
2: The picture, the dictograph. All right, but this.
4: Helen, Helen, look at me. Yes, Bill. I love you, Helen. You know that, don't you?
2: Yes. Oh, yes, darling, I do. But I'm afraid. It's
4: nothing to be afraid of, darling.
2: No, not that. I'm afraid because now I know that you're afraid. I am? Yes. You are, aren't you?
4: Helen, I...
2: Bill, please. You've got to tell me now.
4: Now, look, darling, I'm in a jam. I'm an awful bad jam.
2: Yes, it must be.
4: It's... It's nothing that you have to worry about. It's nothing that isn't going to straighten itself out. It's nothing that I'm going to let affect us ever.
2: Bill, if it affects you, it does affect us. Darling,
4: darling, you've got to trust me just a little longer.
2: Oh, Bill, I do. I will. But it's about Jean, isn't it?
4: (sighs) Yes. Yes, it's about Jean.
2: Then it was. She didn't just fall.
4: It was a terrible thing, Helen. Terrible. About as terrible as it could be. Helen, just remember this, darling. There's nothing to be afraid of. It'll all be over soon. Very soon.
2: Is that all? All you can tell me?
4: It's all I can tell you now. Oh, Darling, I know what this is like for you, but please, please go home now and forget all about it.
2: How can I forget all about it?
4: Well, try. Try anyway. I've got some things to finish up here, and then I'll call for you and we'll start making our plans. Oh, Helen, will you marry me? Won't you, Helen?
2: Oh, Bill, yes.
4: Then, then everything's all right. Go on now. Go on. All right. Good night for now, my dearest.
2: Good night. I went out. I didn't go home. I couldn't. I walked, walked for miles trying to think, but nothing made any sense except that I was in love and in an agony of fear for what might happen to spoil it. And suddenly I realized I had to know everything. Now, tonight, whatever it was. So I went back to the office. Bill's light was still on, and I was just at the door when I stopped.
4: You were insane to come here. Insane, crazy. Suppose somebody saw you and recognized you.
3: You sent me a message. You said you were- I did
4: not. I gave no message to no one. Why did you lie to me like that?
3: I'm not lying to you.
4: You're a liar.
2: And then, I heard it. I threw open the door, and she was standing there. Jean! Jean Thornton! A woman who was dead! When I came to it, I was lying on the couch in Bill's office. At first, it seemed perfectly natural. Lying there and Bill sitting beside me, holding my hands, and her there, Jean, standing over by the desk, talking to him.
3: Well, what are you going to do about her?
4: Do? What do you mean, do?
3: You're going to have to do something. She knows, isn't she? Or she will, when she snaps out of it.
4: I'm not going to do anything.
3: I suppose you're in love with her?
4: What if I am?
3: Because it makes a difference, my sweet, to me. Bill?
4: Oh, darling. Bill? Darling, it's all right.
2: Is she... is she really...
4: Yes. Yes, it's Jean.
2: But
3: I saw her that morning. I saw her lying... That's what you were supposed to think. Then who...
4: Just a girl.
3: Oh, you might as well tell her. At least then she'll be in it as deep as the rest of us.
4: Jean, please.
3: Your boyfriend there has been dipping into the till. About a quarter of a million dollars worth of the client's money. My insurance. What a company had me insured for. Was just about to cover it. Like a fool, I agreed to it.
4: You suggested it.
3: I thought that he was in love with me, then. But there was a girl. A girl who worked in my office. No friends, no family. I fired her the day before. Then I got her to come up here that night. Another chance, modeling, I said, with my clothes. The cigarette case? I dug up another one. I knew people would remember that.
2: Oh, Bill.
4: I told you it was bad.
3: Oh, darling, I don't care. I don't care what it was. I think
1: you'd better let me take charge of things now, Mr. Farrell. Marie? Please, don't move. I'm quite prepared to shoot if I have to.
4: Marie, this is insane.
1: Is it? It's a shakedown.
4: What do you want, Marie?
1: Quite a lot, I'm afraid, Mr. Farrell. And how do you expect to get it? It's your word against ours, the three of us. You forget, Miss Thornton, that you were legally dead. As for the rest... Do you remember, Miss Brandt, that I said we used dictographs for practically everything in this office? It was you, then. I tried my best to warn you, Miss Brandt. I'm truly
3: sorry for you. Listen. You might as well tell her. At least, then she'll be in it as deep as the rest of us.
4: Jean, please.
3: Your boyfriend there's been dipping into the till, about a quarter of a million dollars' worth, of the client's money, my insurance.
1: There is more, of course.
3: But I'm sure that would suffice.
1: Now, Miss Thornton, I think you and I had better have a little talk. Alone.
4: What do you want us to do, Marie?
1: I'll come to you later, Mr. Farrell. For the moment, I must ask you to step into the conference room behind you. You too, Miss Brant. Marie! Please, Mr. Farrell, not now. I shall have to lock you in, but it will not be for long, I think. You know, of course, that there's no other way out, except down.
2: We stood there, huddled together by the locked door, but we could hear nothing. Suddenly, there was a sound, like a window being opened, and then...
3: Oh, please, no!
4: Marie! 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 Marie!
3: You can
1: come out now.
4: What have you done to her?
1: Miss Thornton has, shall we say, taken the easy way out.
4: You mean you forced
1: her? Very well, if you prefer. I'm sure it can make little difference now. You, Miss Brandt, I take it, are in love with Mr. Farrell, in spite of my warnings? Yes. Then I'm sure I can count on your silence, knowing the results to Mr. Farrell if you were to break it.
2: Yes, yes, anything.
1: But I'm afraid your marital plans will have to wait.
2: What do you mean?
1: I think it's best this way. For my own protection. Of course, if anything were to happen to Mr. Farrell, this way everything would come to me. But What? how? The firm and the money. You see, Miss Brandt, Mr. Farrell is going to marry me.
2: I looked at Bill. I knew he'd do as she said. What else? I turned and left the room without speaking. In my own office, I found a little automatic where, lately, I'd always kept it. When I came back, Bill was staring out the window and Marie was making her face from a little compact. They didn't even glance in my direction. (gasps) I'm waiting for the police. I've been looking over the new layouts. The Dossett Soap campaign is particularly good. We did it together, Bill and I. The scene was a bride and groom.
0: Suspense CB Radio Theater is directed by Michael D. Jackson Technical director is Heather Christensen The cast was as follows
1: Hello, my name is Abriana Lenny and I played Helen
4: Hello, I'm William Hellman and I played Farrell
1: Hello, I'm Anna Dukmejan, and I played the receptionist and Marie.
3: Hello, I'm Abigail Vanderpool, and I played Jean.
4: Hello, I'm Peter Okamoto, and I played Charlie and the second reporter.
3: Hello, I'm Angelina Landeros, and I
1: played the woman.
0: Hello, I'm Josh Mullenberg, and I played the cop. And I'm Tanner Mead, your announcer, as well as playing first reporter.
2: Foliart and sound editing was handled by Gabriella Gutierrez and Sidney Schumacher. Original theme music for the opening and closing of the program was composed and edited by Theodore Duong, Angelina Landeros, and overseen by Mr. Travis Maslin.
0: We thank you for joining the CB Radio Theater for this tale. Well calculated to keep you in suspense.